0: Hi, I'm Evelyn. And I'm Danielle. Welcome to Sip and Read Podcast, a podcast where two long-distance friends sip some booze, critique some books, and get into some shenanigans along the way. On this season, our very first season, we are reading The Deep by Amakatsu, a historical fiction novel set during the time of the Titanic with a supernatural twist. So grab a drink, grab your book, and let's do it. Dude, I've done some. I feel like I've been working, working, working. (laughs) dude me too man (laughs) oh my god i've never done so much homework as i did all last week i feel like that's all i was fucking doing i'm like who the fuck am i i know i'm not getting paid for any of this (laughs) blasphemy (laughs) you look good today oh really yeah thanks (laughs) (laughs) i just showered through this (laughs) on it's It's the glasses (laughs) yeah i think it's the new glasses new glasses for us both do i know new glasses new ones (laughs) i know right danielle you didn't even notice my hair it's darker i literally just saw it right now and i cut it oh you did cut it no one has noticed it i had like one person comment on like (laughs) oh my god i felt i thought this was like a total like transformation (laughs) no one (laughs) anything like, it just looks so natural on you i don't know man oh thank you it looks really good though thank you i know like, I really you're not like are you fully brown that's not is that brown brown no it's like a reddish brown yeah like a little, i still wanted to kind of have a little bit of ginger going on <laughs> um what are you drinking today show the, show the world well first hi hi i know so, <laughs> I, think, I don't know like we haven't had like we haven't had a smooth intro yet i know hi evelyn hi danielle how are you pretty good pretty good (laughs) you know new glasses new us new glasses new us for sure Mm -hmm. We got new glasses today looking good looking good okay what am i drinking i am drinking um a cabernet kendall jackson edition (laughs) Mm, yummy year 2018 from sonoma county Mm, it's a it's pretty local yeah i want to hear that go 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 hold on beautiful 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 what are you drinking i'm drinking the last of my golden state cider mellow yellow mellow yeah but i got this little cute cozy it says trick or treat yourself oh since we're heading into the fall i'm so excited for the fall oh I know, me too. I'll do a little. There you go. Let me take one long sip because I'm so tired. I'll take two. (laughs) Okay, don't tell me twice. (laughs) Oh, Okay. All right. Um, Before I start off with chapter 26, let me just real quick. Um, review chapter 25 the last chapter we read last week which was in caroline's point of view when she discovers her some of her jewelry is missing including that bracelet which we know that mark um is gambling has gambled it off and they're like they argue um tensions are high between the two it's not looking good it's not like it's good not now. at all <laughs> and it gets even worse <laughs> it's like a real housewives episode Dude, I know they need couples therapy. That's all I I was thinking during this whole thing. So, chapter twenty six is in Steed's point of view. Um, (laughs) oh my god! First of all, he's just hating on these like upper middle, upper upper class elite people. They're like having breakfast together. He is just fucking. He is one. Them, I know, and I hate that to me it seems a little performative because it's like you yourself are also a privileged man that's like the privilege speaking that he can even be like oh there's such a good thought that is realistic that it's like you are very much the same like that is very performative you are absolutely right yeah Yeah. it just was oh my god I was like boo freaking who dude so he's like in his mind roasting the hell out of all of these um so who who is he with right now who is he meeting he's with the Astors um Jack and Maddie Astor uh Lucille Duff Gordon and her husband Guggenheim and then Caroline and then later Mark Fletcher mm-hmm. Okay. um he really really hates Guggenheim which is that's the only part I like agree with him on because Guggenheim's like gross yeah that's a universal does, universal yeah, opinion yeah and he does point out that um Guggenheim is like Really not hiding his mistress well, which I thought the, I thought was funny. Um, well, then I have to burp. <laughs> Let it out. Better out than in. <laughs> <laughs> and then they start discussing something called the Captain's Ball, um, which is a party that's going to be happening late, later that day, which is, mm. this is April 13th. Again, day before the sinking of the Titanic. And then... As there, as he's talking to the Astors and Guggenheim and um, the Duff Gordons, Caroline comes in to breakfast, and Lucille asks her, you know, what she's going to wear and stuff, and um, and then Caroline mentions that her bracelet has gone missing, her favorite bracelet. My like, girl, that might be closer than you think. And before I talk more about the chapter, I also want to talk about like what was Mark thinking with gambling his wife's bracelet to another passenger on the ship you no know? there was like another part where i was that happens later on in the chapters uh-huh and i had the same thought uh, i was because whatever they did i was like you guys are on a small ship word gets around yeah i mean oh, you guys are invincible do you think like, yeah that- did you guys not think through think this through uh-huh. and even um i think someone makes mention of it in this chapter too so caroline's mentioned talking about her bracelet um lucille mentions that she had lost a ring which that's the first i'm hearing about this so that's interesting we have another like um personal affect that gets stolen oh this was the part that was really pissing me off about steed is when Astor's like drinking his champagne <laughs> oh, no. I and Steve is like, dude it's like dude shut up he was he, like why he, is he taking poison into his body yeah he never understood it how men could put so much poison into their mouths even at this hour and do it with delight like okay haven't you heard of mimosas my guy like come on it's the perfect judgy. perfect breakfast drink
1: i, I know, literally judgy, i literally judgy, wrote judgy.
0: i wrote shut up <laughs> <laughs> that was my only note <laughs> Um Steed makes the grave mistake of trying to dismiss Caroline and she just totally I literally put she just rips his ass apart. Oh yeah, (laughs) dismiss Caroline about um suspecting that the suspect that there's like a robber on board the ship. Yeah, um he's like uh many strange things have happened on this ship in the few short days we've been at sea that there have that there may be another party responsible, one that none of you have considered. And Caroline says, are you saying that I don't know what's going on in my own cabin? And then she says, you don't think much of the female sex, do you, Mr. Steed? I was like, oh, yeah. And then he got uncomfortable because he says he mentioned that he doesn't like sparring with young women. Yeah, I, I was like, OK, which brings him back to um, <laughs> his like scandal with um, Eliza. And he starts reminiscing yeah. about picket lines and protesters oh yeah and he's like um I'm a champion of women's emancipation it's like and then Lucille is like um yeah we know all about it and the Eliza Armstrong case Mm -hmm. so he gets super super uncomfortable because he like um so he kind of like apologizes or he like takes accountability for what happened in some way with Eliza yeah Um, because Caroline called him out (laughs) yeah I feel like he wouldn't have said anything if she hadn't called him out so Caroline he Caroline calls him out and says that um oh she says that he isn't innocent and mentions that he owned up to his accusations um in the paper when when the scandal was going on and then yeah, dad admits that he made a mistake with some aspects um with some aspects of that situation that he got in trouble for Mm-hmm. Um, but he says he's paid for it with three months in jail by spending three months in jail. He spent, oh he spent yeah, which, in jail. In three months, that's not even that much. I feel like he could mm. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> Just as he's kind of like seeing if Caroline's gonna say anything else, um, Mark comes in and Caroline totally is like, "Bye, I'm out of here." um and like steve kind of makes a comment uh it didn't take a detective to figure out within seconds that things were strained between them that morning i'm nosy <laughs> i know but like yeah you can you know how it is when like that couple in the group is fighting and like everyone can tell mm-hmm. that's what i know couples have been together for a long time when they just like openly fight <laughs> <I don't laughs> <give us that. laughs> I is that what you movie. and your boyfriend do <laughs> i hope to be that way one day what i'm gonna be drunk and the stress is good i'm be gonna easy. be wasted by the time i finish this chapter <laughs> um so mark comes in caroline leaves um the Astors and the deaf gordons also um leave so it's just steed and mark and another heart to heart happens with mark and another guy like what what are you the vibes with these men are weird. Like, why is every guy like, you know what? Let me sit down with this motherfucker and have a have a good conversation with him. Like, what is happening? They look for they look for any moment to share their emotions. Dude, right? And they're hella giving this poor guy unsolicited advice. He's probably like, why are all of you guys? He's probably so him? confused. Yeah, he's like, well, <laughs> Is there some kind of like prank going on right now? It's um, yeah, and business. Steed is totally like. You should go and apologize to your wife, and he's like, "In a minute, I'll do it later." Uh-huh. Um, and cool he tries to, yeah, he'll yeah, let her cool off. Which honestly, good. I think that's the best way to go. Yeah, that was pretty smart. He's been effing up left, left and right with Caroline, so he needs to like have like a manual of like what to say, what not to say, because he does not know. There needs to be a how to talk to women for dummies. <laughs> Dude, he there probably is, that, and he needs to do a book report on it because <laughs> yeah, five hundred word minimum. <laughs> Bare minimum thousand to fifteen hundred words. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then he Steed kind of like gives his two cents to Mark about things that are happening, and he um, tries to suggest like spiritual intervention. He's and he asks her or he asks Mark if um, there's anyone that he knows that has died recently, and so Mark is like Lillian and steed is like oh yeah lillian you're he's like totally like what who's lillian trying to mm-hmm. he's just trying to get the tea that's what this guy's trying <laughs> that's All to get. he cares about that's all he cares about is a good story um and again still we don't get a confirmation of what she was to him yeah he he all he says is like she was just we were close, close. Yeah. yeah like what the hell what were they in like a kind of throuple do you think oh a little bit did that exist back then (laughs) Mister wives maybe i don't know dude i think more happened back then than we realized (laughs) yeah oh my gosh what happens behind closed doors Uh uh-huh um so steed is like um you know you should try and talk to this spirit and then that i think saying that to mark kind of is like totally snaps him out of whatever funk he was in he's like no, and I don't need your opinion, and, like, I don't want you to talk about this to me again. Which, for once, I hate to agree with Mark because I hate him, but good for you because Steed is just being weird. Yeah, he crossed a boundary. He literally told him He does that, that a lot. He literally, he does. He literally told Mark that Eliza, that because that he is, <laughs> because Mark was so close to Lillian, uh, Lillian has a tie, is still tied to this earth. In order for Lillian to rest in peace, Mark has to be able to let her go, which really crossed the line because you don't yeah, know him like, that well. Yeah, like you? even if someone I knew really well was like telling me to like get over whoever died, I'd be like, dude, no, you don't understand like my life and the relationship I had.
1: No, so what like, the block yeah. you of my
0: life? And then Steve has the audacity to say on page two twenty nine. You might take a long, hard look in the mirror. There's obviously something preying on your consciousness and you must address it before it consumes your life and your marriage. Who asked you, dude? Who asked your old ass? Your old weird burger ass. What the hell? These people, I know, the audacity. All of these people are just trying to get into other people's business. What is happening? That's just human nature for you. People are just human that says nature or nature nosy <laughs> by nature oh uh, yeah and i'm really nosy too but i at least try to be subtle about it and i think yeah. i am subtle. i'm sense we're sensitive at least we have empathy yeah and i wouldn't cross a boundary like that no so now um chapter 27 which oh my god girl i've also had gosh. a lot of soda today so that's it too it's, it's not just the because home. of the cider it's all the bubbles. Okay, so chapter 27 is another doctor's note from our favorite <laughs> Dr. Alice Leader. Um, Dude, okay, go for it. Sorry. Okay, say what you were going to say. Well, in the very beginning of this chapter, she notes Annie's age. Annie's 18. Yeah. That explains so much. When and also, so now we know she's the exact same age as Maddie. So for Maddie to be like, you're so childlike and untouched and innocent, I'd be like, bitch. We're the same. The yeah, we're literally the same age. Why don't you calm down? I was shook. But yeah, the fact that Annie is 18 explains so much about her. Yeah, and it makes me not hate her as much. I still hate her, but I understand (laughs) her more. I understand her more. Her prefrontal prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, you know? Oh, okay. Mm. We're getting some um, child development garb. Yeah, doctor's note from Alice Leader. We find out Annie's age. She's 18. It was a surprise to us all. I feel like this is more of like a, I, this lady's using these doctor's notes as more as like journal or diary entries than she actually is recording like things that are happening to her patients. She so she's talking about um, Annie. She gets approached by Annie. She looks exhausted, having been on her feet all day with the servant's bells ringing nonstop as the ladies of first class readied themselves for the captain's ball. I can't say I have any interest in it myself. So I was passing the time reading when she stumbled in. Like okay, you think you're so cool because you want to go to the party, like oh, so so many people I'm hating in these five chapters that we read. Oh my god, they're. I'm like I'm like fully convinced that she's she's just here to write a tell-all book. (laughs) I think she is too. (laughs) She's just gathering her her data. Yeah. Um. So then she's talking about how Annie came in talking about baby on Dean and how she had the welts on her face, which we saw um, a few chapters back. Um, and I feel like, uh, doctor leaders totally like dismissing her, her worries, which for, I feel like it's totally unprofessional for Annie to have gone to the doctor. Cause like, this isn't her child, but like for you to still dismiss, um, her, like her fears and stuff. I just feel like that's super unprofessional, uh, unprofessional all around. In my opinion, Annie's being unprofessional. This doctor is being unprofessional. Um, sh- for some reason, the doctor brings up Madeline Astor. So Annie goes to her about the welds on Andine's face because she heard a rumor that the sir, uh, that Teddy had had those same welds on his face too, when he died. Um, mm-hmm. And Dr. Leader is kind of like pressing her on the rumors that she ha- claimed to have heard, which she put in quotes. Um, because she's trying to challenge the paranoia that Annie is displaying. Is yeah. Displaying at um, time. And Annie kind of just mumbles something about Madeline Astor. So then she um, first she tells Annie, don't like try not to don't don't spread rumors about a disease on a ship. People are, might panic, which is pretty That's true. good advice. Yeah, yeah. good advice. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the times we live in today. Mm-hmm. Um, Tally for her. One Tally yeah. for her. <laughs> <laughs> but home. then she 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 goes on to diagnose Mrs. Astor and um, Annie with low grade hysteria. Dude, I know. <laughs> like, dude, why Mrs. Astor, like, leave her out of this? Although Mrs. Astor is hysterical, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. She does say something which I thought was interesting because she says, I've seen similar cases in the asylums. There are many reasons why women succumb to hysteria. Um, and I just think that's funny because Annie later on goes to live in an asylum for like a pretty long amount of time. Mm-hmm. She also states that, that in reality, the root of paranoia is really a shameful secret that turns their minds against them. Mm-hmm. And with that, I was like, so is there even a haunting or this shit on this ship? Sometimes is I everybody wonder. Everybody just crazy. It. I
1: feel they like we all a have a past.
0: The, yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times when we thought maybe like a possession or something was going to happen, it actually got explained away with something else that they're going through. And like a lot of these, it's again, let me tie this back to my favorite show, Haunting of Hill House like most although there were actual ghosts haunting them it was also like the ghosts of their guilt that were really you know each of the siblings had different guilts about certain things I feel like the same thing is happening in this book you know um Annie has a past which we haven't really learned much about Mark has a past with Lillian and that's really haunting him you know like all of these people like um Maddie has that past with or she has like the curse that's that happened to her so like Mm. she's that's really like messing her up. I just feel like all of those things are actually what's getting to them. And they're just projecting that fear and turning it into this elusive spirit. Dude, that was deep. Oh my <laughs> God, I got Dude, chills. <laughs> that was good. That literally is everything that I was thinking. Oh my God. like the most perfect word choice. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> I had to show you up. You've been making really profound statements the best couple of episodes. <laughs> that was good thank you you work well you work well when you're tired (laughs) i know it's something like delirious it's the delusions (laughs) the delusion (laughs) oh my gosh okay so that was the end of chapter 27 oh wait really fast i think this was a pretty good line oh i'm doing the chapter ended for so many who are mad do not see themselves that way I cannot guess what is behind her speculations looking into those frightened haunted eyes I could almost believe in demons and spirits myself you see Mm. that just goes to show like the trauma of like your past can really like display itself as like
1: this or like
0: this belief like unreal unimaginable to those who are seeing it through your eyes yeah and also like you tend to really project it without even knowing like this lady is pretty much saying like like being around this girl is making me believe in it because like mm-hmm. she's so frightened by it like yeah wow damn that was pretty deep i did not even know how deep that chapter was until just now honestly <laughs> <That's laughs> me neither when i read i was like oh before, I, I was bored guess what dude mm-hmm. i had to get the audiobook too <laughs> oh you caved what made you <laughs> because I literally like was like I'm not gonna have time to read this and like analyze it so I was like listening to it in the car it helps huh it is it does help and honestly like listening to the letter the doctor's note I was like oh my I was like mm-hmm. when she was like talking about talking shit about the people and stuff mm. I like how they do voices too It's oh, always great I but I still like it and that brings me to chapter 28, which is in Leslie's point of view, because like I just could not, because like they taught she speaks the reader um of the audiobook like speaks in an Irish accent. Uh-huh. <laughs> and for her to say this opening line, I was like, oh my god. I had to like turn my volume down because I was like, I hope no one in like the next <laughs> this, this viewer is gonna be like, what is she? Do that. So, you should you should read that opening. Line. Yeah. <laughs> should I read it in an Irish accent? <laughs> Yeah, do it in the Irish accent. I'll put it on TikTok. <laughs> oh, God. I'll do it dramatically. I won't do it in the Irish accent, but I will be dramatic. I like you in this. <laughs> less whispered close to Di's ear. Though I'd like you better out of it. <laughs> I got chills again. Dude. <laughs> I did not when the lady on the audible, on audible said that in the Irish accent I lost it it's like um, what did he just say I know I was like I'm sorry what <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so that was weird
1: um I was like and- Debbie isn't
0: to die it's not <laughs> one-sided and this made me realize yeah it's actually not as one-sided as I thought which I'm glad to hear because I was feeling bad for my guy die I know. This is the only, only Les and that I chapter I didn't hate. I know, but also I still was kind of like, mm, I'm a little bored. <laughs> um, so they're still doing their weird scheme, which I can't really even explain they're doing. Um, still kind of, Les says, Les ran down a checklist in his mind of the four marks he'd selected for the evening's play, which like, that's what they're calling it. Like that, Those are the people they're going to target um, to try and get more money. Um, so the first one was Henry Harper, a gadabout who lived off his grandfather's largest to travel the world. Um, Miss Helen Newsome, the debutante who was afraid of her mother. And then there was the old newspaper fellow W.T. Steed. And I not um, bad for him. Yeah, and then so Les <laughs> is telling Les is telling Die like, yeah, I'm going to do Steed. That's going to be one of the victims. And um, Di is totally like, you shouldn't do that. Like He's not going to fall for your tricks, which I I do agree, I think it's true because although he I hate Steed, I feel like he seems like a smart person. Like he 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 would he I think he would totally tell it was a scam. Yeah, and I think he's also he seems kind of vindictive too. So I think he would definitely ruin them if he found yeah. out that they were conning him. And Die says that too. Like he would totally oh Steed is for sure a snitch. Like he would oh, totally for sure on their asses. Die like. Don't do steed, like he's totally out of the picture. Les is like, okay, then help me find someone else. I need one more person to um scam. And Les is like, let's get Violet to take us into the rooms again. And Die totally doesn't want to do that. Like, you can tell Die really isn't a fan of this whole scheme that's going on, and I'm not a fan of it either. Still don't understand how they're gonna get money out of it. Um, so then to kind of divert Les from that, he talks about what happened with Mark, he tells Les about seeing Mark in the um, cigar room and how he he um, was, you know, selling his wife's jewelry and stuff like that. So then Mark or Les is like, OK, let's do Mark. Like, let's totally he's totally like on board. Let's let's pick Mark as our victim. And then Die like instantly regrets it. He's like, I shouldn't have said anything. And then Die says, Les, I'm sick of it. All the scheming and lying and cheating. There's got to be a line somewhere. And uh, Les kind of hits him where it hurts and he says I'm tired of you always being the Samaritan we grew up in the same neighborhood you know what happens to Samaritans and, and you then- know what when he when he said that a while, a couple weeks ago I made a point that like like good and bad isn't so black and white and like mm-hmm. just because Die makes certain choices doesn't mean that he is like a bad person yeah. but on the other hand like Die, you still make those choices like you you willingly gave up Mark's name so at some point you do have to kind of hold accountability and you can't keep calling Les a bad guy because you also go along with it too you know yeah and like just because like you have moral thoughts doesn't make you a good person and I think that's what Les is trying to say so I kind of I see both sides yeah um I see the guilt that Di is feeling like I would feel guilty too you know it's like it just ties into the ethics thing like clearly like clearly they're they're not well-off people Mm -hmm. Um, they need to make a living in life, but like, this isn't, there's other ways to make a living. And like, they have, I feel like they have the boxing thing. They could try to capitalize onto that. And Les does say too, like, um, he's like, we're like, we're doing this so that because we can't box for the rest of our lives. I feel like he's just trying to justify his actions yeah but But you know what black and white it's not just good and just bad no but you also you know what the people that they're technically stealing from are not all saints either like yeah that's true they're they're not like they i maybe in the eyes of the law they might i'm not even not even that i was gonna say in the eyes of the law they might be like defined like good people but no because someone tried to kill somebody the other chapter (laughs) and it was a girl too you would like it was but one thing about that is that like they're the I would be on board with that because you know like especially you know I'm always you know tax the rich eat the rich you know I really feel like there should be a better distribution of the wealth and I feel like they're kind of combating that but when we know when they talk about how the, the people that they're scheming on a couple chapters earlier they're scheming on these vulnerable people that have money it's like these people don't seem like these awful capitalistic pigs you know they're scheming purposely on like one of the girls is like the daughter of a, a rich widow it's like what is that you know in the end you're not just going to be hurting them financially you're going to be hurting them emotionally too and mm-hmm. it's like, that's when it kind of gets you know it kind of gets a little yeah a little rough there um that's true so die is totally like Die says, all this lying and cheating and conning, I feel sometimes like I don't know you, like I can't trust you. Um, Les says, how can you say that to me after everything I've done? Which really oh, hurts, Guys, less. <laughs> guys straight dips. Don't they, haven't they heard? Don't That's the worst way to hurt somebody, just walk out. I know, like come on. And then the, the <laughs> I know this like chapter kind of made me sympathize with Les a little bit the part that was true is that he did it for them for both of them wouldn't it be the height of irony if it became the reason he lost Di bowen in the end because that was his greatest fear that one day die would finally realize the truth that leslie williams had never been good enough for him in the first place oh <laughs> i know <laughs> i was like there, he's multi-dimensional <laughs> i know we're actually- there's layers to him <laughs> Another Shrek. I didn't. I never thought we would could relate this book to Shrek so much. Shrek is deep. I've always known this. Shrek is actually a very. I've always deep. said it is. I love Shrek. I do. Be sure to do that next. Imagine we we switch completely. Um, so that was 3. <laughs> Take it away. My turn. Okay. All right okay so we're we're at chapter 29 which is in maddie's perspective okay so this chapter takes place after um after maddie attempts to drown annie mm-hmm. um so it takes place after after those events uh, maddie ends up going back to her room she ends up undressing her nightgown wrapping it up and taking it out um to throw overboard because she doesn't want any she wants like no more ties to that event because she knows when she, she knows she made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, which is and good. she knows like, yeah, I mean yeah, take accountability, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows the uh, circumstances that could come from what she did. She knows that she could be put back in the papers. she knows that Jack would have a field day with this and might actually leave her for it. Um, so yeah, she just wants to I guess she wants to forget that it ever happened. Yeah. Um she goes to bed that night and she has um she's, has a nightmare. Um she's being surrounded by waves. Um she is she sees pale faces crying out, they're either saying help us or they're saying join us. Um and the words join us really correlates to um Maddie's current life circumstances because she really feels that like she's joined the madness being displayed around her and she blames the ship for that. Mm-hmm. And the afternoon she wakes up is the day of the captain's ball.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so that night as she's getting ready, um, she beats Jack getting ready. Jack is still, um, Jack is still working on, <laughs> working on himself. <laughs> <laughs> <So> she, <laughs> getting posh. She talks hella shit about him. She <laughs> does. She hates this man. He said yeah, he, he loves dressing he, up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, more power to him. I love a man that loves himself. <laughs> You know what I mean? I love a man that dresses good. Like, girl, yeah, yeah. don't take for granted what you have because she doesn't know how hard it is, how, how these men dress these days. For real. They dress awful. He has pride of himself. Yeah. So yeah. He's still dolling up. So she's like, peace, <laughs> I'ma go. So she ends up leaving. He's like, I funny. need to go hit the town. <laughs> it's funny because it's in the in the book, it says that. She tells Jack, hey, I'm meeting up with some friends. I can't be late. I'm going to go. And she doesn't even wait for a response. She, she just is, leaves. Dude, but you know what, dude? That's what you get for marrying a literal teenager. She's a, she has teenage attitude. Oh, that's so true. Right? She's just going through the motions of being 18 years old.
1: Yeah. Or however like, old she
0: is. I know. And this reminds me, like, that's how I, that's how me and you were when we get ready for parties we would hate it when our friends were like super running behind I would totally do something I'd be like okay bye gotta go oh I never did I'd wait I mean I never did either but in my mind I was like oh yeah I I I would would bitch (laughs) yeah oh yeah we would bitch way too much profusely (laughs) Profusely. we would make it everyone's problem (laughs) Yeah. although I'm not gonna lie there are times I'd be hella late too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was no, not right. a saint I just, I just complained a lot <laughs> oh gosh um, so nonetheless. yeah nonetheless <laughs> nonetheless still punctual, punctuality matters yeah uh, <laughs> yeah anyway um, <laughs> anyway she leaves jag and she ends up meeting um she ends up meeting up with a new character that we just found out about whose name is helen newsome yeah, who's apparently she's a new she's a widow yeah um, we heard about her in the in oh the we did past. she's one of the victims that leslie chose oh yeah yeah, yeah. bless mm-hmm. her heart um and then we also she also meets up with mabel fortune which i don't think she likes very much Mm-mm. and i don't like her either no she's definitely a uh she's definitely a status seeker and elitist yeah. at mm-hmm. its finest so when they walk into the banquet. Maddie admires the beautiful suits that the men are wearing. So she yeah, admire- I, like how, I like how she just trashed her husband. For, I like, know. 30, and then she's like, oh, look at these beautiful. Like how they look like girl pick a lane.
1: <laughs> do you she- hate it
0: or do you like it? I feel like she was robbed of her youth <laughs> as she's living through her youth right now. Yeah. She can experience well, it to its glory. And this is why to all my listeners out there, don't get married young. Don't have kids young because then you're going to be bitter like this bitch. No, I know Maddie just wants to like flirt and have fun, and I get it. Get but around, yeah. That old, that old fart. Sorry, I know. Bless her heart. march you down the aisle with a shotgun, or maybe they did. <laughs> <She> <laughs> I'm was <sure>. probably pregnant. <laughs> yeah, she had a shotgun marriage, a shotgun <laughs> wedding. <laughs> um. So yeah, she walks in. She admires all the beautiful suits. Someone suggests going to see Lady um, Duff Gordon, which, which Maddie doesn't think is a bad idea. Um, she thinks that she would be a good person to have on her side if, mm-hmm. like shit, his hissed, hissed the fan, and <laughs> word gives out of what she did to Annie. Um, so they go, they go see her, and when they encounter her, uh, she's literally blown away by the beauty of her of her ensemble she has on, which is just which is cultural creation, course- yes, because oh she God. literally has, uh, she's imitating, or her her dress is Japanese inspired, yeah, and it's called. What the hell is it called? It's from my latest collection, inspired by La Japonaise. Girl, Ugh. you are culturally appropriating a kimono. Mm-mm. Rude ass. I don't like that. She would get oh, these times. if she was in today's age. Oh yeah. Although it happened, it still happens now. Yeah, for sure. We've learned nothing. <laughs> um, so as so as they're talking um die runs into them after spilling a drink on mabel oh yeah um and i was like oh he's getting ready to perform the scheme oh, he's God. going down <laughs> uh die apologizes for teddy's death to oh, I um... was so sweet i like how he says i heard about the passing of your little boy yeah mm-hmm. and then fucking mabel ruins it by saying he was your servant it's not that hey, deep. girl get out of here i want to push her out wanna be more drink. her underwater <laughs> Her head on the real. Throw her oh overboard. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I was like, "Bitch." <laughs> the drinks are hitting us. You can tell <laughs> they really are. This is like the, our most tipsy episode yet. It's like the least we drink in this. I know. <laughs> um, Die mentions that um these beautiful women should have escorts with them, so he takes that as his opportunity to grab Les. Maddie Lord. shows interest in Les's ability to be clairvoyant, mm-hmm. and he kind of like demonstrates his ability when Helen asks Les about um, the missing silver watch. And I, and dude, when because okay, the missing silver watch is um, something uh, that is mentioned in the dying Les chapter. It's something that um, that Les took off of, I guess, off of fucking Helen. <laughs> Oh. because or helen or somebody uh uh-huh. because um he thought it would be a good gift to give die when they hit america oh. which was also oh. very cute that's cute when you steal for your man that oh, cute. that's oh all that you ever would want I want, I, <laughs> I want a criminal i want a criminal i just want a felon to, to <laughs> um and uh yeah so les oh yeah and then when she said that i was like how is nobody suspicious how is nobody suspicious that Les knows? Know. Might know where watches? Like, does that does that not it's, like? They're stupid. Because I feel like at least maybe after a couple times of these coinci- coincidences, I would have been like, "That's awfully funny that like you happen to know these things that are, ha- you know, like." I know. Mm-hmm. Bless their hearts. These guys are stupid as hell. Bless their- <laughs> <laughs> and then Maddie. After this, Maddie ends up taking Les aside really abruptly, too. She just pulls him. Dude, this girl's desperate. She's losing it again. She is. I thought Dude. she was doing a little bit better, but... Dude, literally, so many of these characters are hitting their breaking points in these, like, <laughs> these worried. final chapters. The asylum better have a stretch of freaking bus ready to cart these bitches off when they I get know. to New I know. Your, get, your, get your straight coats, too. Get your white coats ready. <laughs> and get those get straight, straight jackets. jackets <laughs> Uh, You're taking all these people off. <laughs> <laughs> and um after Maddie pulls Les aside, she mentions the prophecy that was um inflicted on her, and she mentions Teddy's death and asks for help to get rid of the curse. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what she asked, right? Yeah. And Les, he, he gets real serious, and mm-hmm. I think he sees this as an opportunity to to capitalize. You know, to capitalize. Uh, and he. Says that he can help Maddie, but for a price. Um, Maddie pretty much says that money is not a, like, is no like, money is not an option, like, money, mm-hmm. like, any it's Mo- fine. money's no, ob- money's no object. Is that what that is? That what that phrase is? I forget what it how money's I'm no, like, there's no, you know, money's no problem. Yeah, they got money, they got money, yeah, they got, and money. she even takes a hundred dollar bill out of her purse, which okay, <laughs> that was a subtle flex, girl. Like, I honestly give her. I give her props for that. Yeah. And she shoves it into his hands. Says, "There, see, you've taken my money. I insist you give me a reading." That's a girl boss moment right there. Oh, but one hundred is not enough. And then she brings up how Jack has at least twenty five grand with him at all times, which girl, girl, as of how I know so she's young. So stu- why yeah, would you, you say so that? Stupid. And she tells him where it is, dummy. um oh my god oh that's what i really i literally wrote dummy that's how dumb she was (laughs) (laughs) oh i cannot wait to make the infographic for this week's episode (laughs) um and anyway after she says that jack ends up showing up and takes maddie away from les maddie looks back over her shoulders and (laughs) with a tip and like an attempt to let les know like please help me i need your help still uses her eyes I hate how Jack is like totally like scolding her like her dad. Yeah, that's his fetish. He's a schoolgirl fetish. Also, green velvet, like nice, nice outfit choices, sir. You said time well spent.
1: (laughs) He honestly,
0: Jack, he did good because that I would kill to see that outfit on him. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. Imagine he spent all that time just to come in like a black suit, a black, uh, a black ensemble. (laughs) It's like the it's like every man in the gala. Yeah. Uh huh. Literally. (laughs) All right. And that leads us to chapter 30, which is in Mark's perspective. Um, oh, my God. Wait, hold on. I'm just thinking how, like, Jack is totally taking his time on his appearance and he gets there only to have to leave to take his <laughs> bratty wife because she's being crazy. He's probably like, I spent all this time getting ready and this is what I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's probably so pissed. He said nobody saw what I wore. Nobody happened. some Instagram <laughs> pictures of me and... <laughs> He said, I gotta wait for next year now. Yeah. He said, Will I even be on a ship next year? Who knows? Yeah. It's yeah. my only chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh shit. All right. Chapter 30, Mark's perspective. Um, so this chapter starts off with um Mark is at the um Mark is at the captain's ball and he's rem- he's reminiscing about um meeting Caroline. Um, he discusses how Caroline is responsible for Lillian not being at the factory fire oh, um, yeah. back when Lillian was alive. Uh-huh. Um, says that Caroline and Lillian grew up to love each other like sisters or grew to love each other like sisters, which in retro, which um, which sparked the love between Mark and Caroline mm-hmm. because Caroline was so fond of Lillian. Yeah. Um, Makes me think that th- maybe they were a throuple. It was a it's a weird triangle going weird. on. Yeah, it's a, it's weird, a weird love triangle weird happening. Mark felt strongly for Caroline, or I think his feelings grew more for Caroline. Caroline became his solace. Um when Lillian became unbearable for him, I mm-hmm. think to be around. Because yeah. remember, she was she wasn't mentally, she was mentally ill. Like she was yeah, she was like, I think you would consider her bipolar nowadays. Like her emotions were Probably. up and down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was also really manipulative and toxic. They mm-hmm. had a very toxic relationship, too. Yeah, and he's, I mean, at this point, he's still reflecting on that whole, like, dynamic between the three of them. Um, he wonders if he hated Lillian as much as he loved her. He wonders if Caroline prayed for her to disappear like he did. <laughs> toxic. <laughs> and he wonders if Caroline is responsible for her death. Yeah, because he was, like, jealous lovers or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's been done before, uh-huh. um, you know, time and time again. At this moment, he sees Caroline walk into the ball and realizes that he is still like dazzled and transfixed by her. Um, she basically looked fine, and he's like, "Damn, she looks yeah." Fine. He said, "That's my woman." Yeah, he's like, "That's." <laughs> he, he said, mom. "I pulled I, that." Yeah, <laughs> men are so physically driven; it's insane. He's literally in the second before he sees her, he's wondering if. She had something to do with the death of Lillian. And then the next second, he sees her. He sees, like, she looks beautiful. And he's like, wow, I love her. Like, you're so... <laughs> I hate men. They're awful. God, Girl, you at the same, suck, man. At the same time, you can still be in, like... You can be, like, a sweat, dirty hair, probably a little B.O. And he's still being too. A little B.O.? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's like what's that freaking drake lyric where he's like sweat pants hair tied chilling with no makeup that's mark (laughs) he loves that natural look Uh (laughs) uh-huh that effortless look um gosh so yeah he sees caroline walks in he's transfixed um Mm -hmm. and it's revealed that he's still afraid that he might lose her um yeah she finds out you sold her bracelet yeah she's gonna be pissed yeah because yeah at this point they're dancing together as they're dancing he's like he's like going on and on about how like amazed he is by her how much like he it's like when they're together like they're in a bubble and no one else around them um he's scared like he might lose her the thought of it's very unpleasant to him um but even like it watch when they're in each other's arms like all of all of the things that there were problems for them melt away from his like thoughts that's sweet but at the same time I'm like dude I, I just know this bubble's gonna burst any minute any and it second. does and it's also that's another reason why like some men are so physically driven because like the, there's no talking that's going on like they're not discussing anything he's just admiring her but the moment she opens her mouth and like tries to discuss something the bubble pops Mm-hmm. reality like sets in yeah reality sets in and it's like you just like, that's why it's so important to live in the moment mm-hmm. take on like the little like the little pockets of like happiness that
1: mm-hmm. you experience
0: like just hold on to that and don't forget about They'll those. go away. Yeah. don't forget about things either no um yeah but also like you know i feel like we should be giving i need to have a heart to heart with mark next I mean, like <laughs> dude you're you're married fight you're gonna fight but yeah. you need to like work through it you can't just be stealing your wife's shit and then also get pissed at her when she's upset that her wife that her shit is getting stolen Dude, like, that's this isn't, gonna, this isn't gonna work out um so as they're dancing around or as they're dancing together he is also like thinking about how moving it moving to America would be like the is the best choice for them um it's a fresh start for them as um, a family um he her and Aldine <laughs> and then i think like he has like a fucking brain like he has like a fucking brain fart or not even brain fart what's like he has a realization that he forgot to do something (laughs) he forgot to fire annie (laughs) (laughs) but did he really forget or did he just not want to i feel like he didn't think it was that i think I think he. I don't think he thought it was as serious as Caroline did. I think it really just wasn't so like pertinent. It wasn't a high priority. priority. Yeah, so he just it just didn't cross his mind Mm -hmm. until Caroline brought it up about how like (laughs) free she feels now that Annie's out of the picture, and then Mark realizes, oh shit, I forgot to fire the bitch about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she's totally like, "You fucking forgot, didn't you?" (laughs) Yeah, and then Caroline's like, "Yeah, you didn't do it," and he's like, "Nah, I did it." um but then she he she's so dumb like he should never open his mouth because he's trying to like calm her down and he and he says you're worrying over nothing oh like dude are you trying to get murdered by the yeah because caroline is little because caroline is freaking out over the safety of audine knowing that annie still has access to her yes her worry is totally valid especially now that we've seen how persistent annie can be in when we're in 1916 when she like seeks mark out after he fucking fired her as his nurse like i would be scared too like if i'm uncomfortable with this person around my baby i don't want her around my baby and now they're at a party where they don't have access to the baby yeah and then he's like yeah you're worrying about nothing yeah Uh, when caroline Mm -hmm. expresses her her grievances he says you're worrying about nothing um (laughs) and then he also says that um Caroline was like, I thought we agreed that Annie was dangerous. And Mark goes, we never agreed to that. Dumbass. And then she says, Mark, you did agree. And then she says, "You, I feel betrayed. Which cuts Mark deep. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's what's hitting you? It's I mean, you did betray her? her. Yeah, like, I feel betrayed too. The um, words went through him like a dagger. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline <an> idiot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline ends up leaving and runs into Guggenheim. Um, which makes mark jealous but he still refuses to go after her so you know our pride pride we the death of man it will be mankind not just men but mankind women too we have too much pride as a society that's true let that's your like pride, pride go prejudice. people oh you yes. should read that next no <laughs> okay <laughs> okay you know I, I respect you for being fort right the movie's great. I don't want to read the oh, book. The movie is really good. It is good. <laughs> and I've tried reading it several times. I, it's awful. Are you tried okay, it now. <laughs> Sorry, Jane Austen. Um, um. So he ends up going. Ends up, so Mark ends up going to the punch area instead of going after his wife, where all the other pathetic men are. <laughs> men ain't shit. Um. God. And while Yo, he's there, all other pathetic men are. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. While he's there les finds him and asks mark to come with him and uh, mark follows him into an empty closet why would you do that do you yeah. you, you white people, white people man they think that <laughs> you think that nothing bad can happen to them i know Dumbass. and also i have two things about this let first of all leslie who do you think you are just coming up to this guy and be like come with me like you're not security come on get out of here why is he even there okay i don't even know and then say so, yeah a second mark why would you just blindly follow this guy I, I don't think he's ever had a conversation with no he he literally idiot. says he literally says do i know you When les finds him and les says follow me into the dark closet and he's like, okay says, okay why not? <laughs> <laughs> i'm not for a good time <laughs> so he follows him into the closet into the closet <laughs> They're asking for it. They are. I think Alma knew what she was doing with this. She no, she knew what she was doing. (laughs) (laughs) scene. I'm fucking dead. Oh my gosh. Um, and then Les, Les tells Mark that he knows about him stealing Caroline's jewelry, courtesy of Die. And yeah, um, also way to way to throw your friend under the bus. I know. And like, I feel like I thought maybe when he pro- when he was gonna approach Mark that he would be like trying to scheme, like scam on him, like he was doing to these other people. But he just cuts to the chase and he's like, "Yeah, I know what you did. So if you don't want me to tell your wife, you need to pay me and you need to do this." It's like, oh yeah, Les works fast when he sees an opportunity. Yeah, he I'm not. Fast. I I'm not gonna lie. I respect that. And he says that he doesn't want les to spill the beans he needs to do something for him mm-hmm. he makes a proposition he says I won't tell if you help me steal something um, the something he's referring to is the $25,000 that Maddie has brought up to him that that is in Jack's possession girl. dumbass and he hands mark the brass key which we know that he got from from Violet because mm-hmm. Violet's his, uh, his girl on the inside His plug? Uh, His plug is (laughs) dead ass. (laughs) So Mark he like reluctantly agrees, but I think the thrill is also kind of exciting to him. Yeah. I think Mark kind of has been feeling kind of dead inside lately. So this comes to feel more alive. He's been really emotionless the past. He really, he really has. Um, so he goes to the cabin where the luggage is being kept and finds the Asters. Um, he um is shocked by how. All the luggage was unlocked. Mm-hmm. Um it speaks to like the privilege that these people have on the ship. Yeah, they um, think that it's possible through their social standing. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, he ends up finding the money and laughs. He's like super giddy. Yeah, like what he found. He's like, it feels unreal. Like this money I didn't, I didn't I didn't win it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, didn't like, earn it. <laughs> I just I stole it. I'm stealing I it I stole it. It's real. <laughs> um and as he grabs his suitcase and leaves, he's like contemplating whether he should just keep it all for himself. Yeah, he's like he's like hammer energy. He feels he's like there's like power coursing coursing through him right now. Yeah, he's totally having an adrenaline rush from. Yeah, him. he's high off power, man. Um, and he begins to start thinking like a thief. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizes that he can't keep this money on him if he wants yeah. to get away with it, and so he considers the best places to hide and ends up um, landing on the smoke room that was um, that had the fire
1: mm-hmm. that he
0: put up the fire in um, yeah. a couple of days ago maybe like the day or two before mm-hmm. the fire that Annie started <laughs> dumbass idiot I know <laughs> freaking dumbass uh, so he walks into the smoke room and he sees Annie um, sitting in the chair asleep and mm-hmm. uh, and he ends up waking up and sees Mark calling him or no, I'm sorry. Mark standing there and calls Mark by his name, which like sends like a cold. Um, yeah. Mark like, is, like a cold, like, like shiver down Mark's spine. Uh-huh. Like, how the fuck is the help calling me by my first name? <laughs> yeah. He's he probably like, who thought... do you think you are? You're still the help, girl. Um, And then he gives the panic because of the suitcase of money. And at this, at this time, I was like, oh my gosh. Because remember, when the chapter ended, Annie said that they, yeah, when that she, night in 1916, together. yeah, well, in 1916, when she was t- trying to convince Mark that they had a moment together uh-huh. in the smoke room. This, this was be... the moment. Yeah. And I thought the moment was going to start. Because he was gonna try to distract her with sex, so she, so he wouldn't yes. get caught. <laughs> but I kept on reading. <laughs> You're like, oh shit! I know. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of thought that too. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Annie gets up. She walks toward. She walks towards him. She falls into his arm. Like okay, like, cliche. Okay, damsel <laughs> in distress. <laughs> yeah. And the And the scent of her hair reminds Mark of Lillian. Mm-hmm. Um, everything in about Annie at this moment reminds Mark of Lillian. Yeah, um, except physically, he does say no. she doesn't look anything like Lillian, but she forgets that little detail, <laughs> and he begins that to cry. Like a little I hate <laughs> nothing. I hate more than a man crying. Sorry, really, it's really? trauma from my last ex. Yeah, because oh. he used to cry all the time to get out of fights. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, I love a sensitive guy. Not I not do bitch, too, but not but a, a bitch. Guy. To get out of fights, and I feel like, and also I hate Mark. Yeah, I got no, I got no, uh, draw
1: I'm not to him either,
0: guy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's crying, and I, I he's literally wrote, it. I. That's what I wrote. I said he's hitting his breaking point. Like, yeah, he's, he's another another one, mind. another one lost. Um, and at this moment, he imagines that it's just him and Lillian, mm-hmm. and then the chapter ends, and you know what happened? Yeah. So I guess Annie wasn't wrong I yeah. thought I totally thought that she lied. she wasn't wrong, but they just had different interpretations of the moment. yeah, it's so sad and we't really don't thought that they had a moment had sex. what? We don't know if they actually had sex yet. yeah, I feel like we could interpret I'm interpreting that they had sex. I think and I feel like too. and I feel like uh, it's so sad because Annie wasn't wrong, but she just thought that it meant more to Mark than what it did for Mark, it was just like an escape from his reality and he really thought that it was Lillian there yeah and screw Mark or yeah screw Mark because like another day another girl getting used yeah sad and I, you know b- before I would have been like oh this is like the ship and Lillian's spirit and like the ship has a hold of Mark's mind but yeah. you know what I realized these chapters there's like really no mention of like a haunting no or spirit it thing was really just time. going into like their trauma and like they're like psyche and shit. Yeah. And it's kind of showing us that, at least for, I hear leaves outside of my door like rustling. Oh, girl. I'm scared. It's so I'm scared, scared for, you. for you. The divisa. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're hysteric, you're hysteric. Yeah. <laughs> you have low hysteria. <laughs> I have low grade hysteria right now. <laughs> um, I fucking forget what I was going to say, but let me unlock my door. Hee hee. Hee hee. And on that, on that sinister note, (laughs) we've come to the end. That is the end of chapter 30, folks. Wow. I know. We literally have like 22 more chapters, if I'm not mistaken, to go. Dude, we're like a good three fourths of the way into the book. I know. I never thought we'd get this far. (laughs) We did good, man. This was a good, this was a good episode, dude. I think, I think we're, we're really. We're really starting to understand what's going on here. We are. I f- I know. We just we get more like analytical as each chapter yes goes on. I really love Pops it. to us. I know. This chapter, this uh, this episode is also sponsored by Audible. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It should be because like, we both. It should- might as well have been. <laughs> it got us through this. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh man, that was funny. Oh God, I don't know if the sixteen bucks is worth it. <laughs> Uh, no, we're trying to get sponsored. Yes. Oh, yeah. It. I mean, it is worth it. <laughs> it is worth it. You guys <laughs> so, you get your money's worth trust. Yeah. Trust. <laughs> and if you guys keep watch listening to us, we can get a discount code. Get your first 30 days for free. <laughs> oh yeah. See, now you're talking, bro. Uh-huh. All right. Well, thank you for sitting with um with us through these um last five chapters. Next week we'll be talking about chapters 31 through 35. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sip and Read. You can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under Sip and Read. You can also follow us on Instagram under at Sip and Read Podcast and on TikTok at Sip and Read. We'll see you next week.